see, 5G Unlimited, so yeah. Okay, I got 5G Unlimited now. So this should help us out. If this is... Sounds better. Yeah, yeah. sounds better already. See, that's the thing. I say I, I have the cell phone. I was trying to make it easier by turning off the cell phone's Wi-Fi. But if the uh, laptop doesn't work, then we can do it this way. This is okay, now, the, uh, the other account, you're still in there. Can you, on the PC, can you just drop out of the meeting? Um, let's see. I actually closed out that window, so let me see. Oh, you did? Okay, let yeah. me see here. I closed out that window. What happens if I hit this? Hang on. Still, okay, there. There it is, good. Okay, cool. Alrighty. I think we're in good shape now. God willing, here we go. Yes, a strong Recording signal. Recording in oh, progress. Yeah. Oh, was that text? Oh, no, I say it's got a strong signal on the laptop and everything yeah. we're recording you on. Know, it sounds, it sounds is. Good. Beyond top secret Texan. Coming down in three, two, one. Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Following the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. of Strange Planet. Thanks, as always, for sticking me in your ear. And if you'd like to get deeper into Strange Planet, just click on the link in the episode notes. Strangeplanet.supportingcast.fm Strangeplanet.supportingcast.fm You uh, can gain access to uh, commercial-free listening, bonus episodes, and a subscription to my monthly newsletter, Inner Sanctum. So consider becoming a premium subscriber at strangeplanet.supportingcast.fm. All right, on this episode, we're going to delve into some fan favorites, secret space programs, close encounters, crypto terrestrials, breakaway civilizations, secret societies, and more. Beyond Top Secret Texan is a full-spectrum broadcaster of the truth, from the extraterrestrial to the occult, military conspiracies to true crimes, Tex produces both a podcast and uploads dark web videos, as well as daily news on his social media. Tex is a lifelong super experiencer and has unique independent perspectives offered uncensored on the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. Tex, welcome to Strange Planet. How are you? Thank you very much for having me on. I'm excited to be on very sincerely. Thank you very much. My pleasure, my pleasure. So tell me, uh, tell us more about Beyond Top Secret Texan. How do we listen, where do we listen, and when is it on? You can hear the Beyond Top Secret Texan broadcast from the third coast of the Gulf Coast of Texas, over Spotify, iHeartRadio, all of the major podcast providers, Apple Podcasts, etc., and all the m- minor ones as well. Uh, I think it's over a dozen so far. We're broadcast internationally, and we're charted to prove it. Um... And you can check out the social media currently over on Twitter or X, formerly Twitter, because the content that I produce is, uh, it's the truth and it's the truth that's dangerous to the system. 
evidence of UFOs, evidence of extraterrestrials, evidence of other supernatural phenomenon, uh, everything from psychokinetic or ESP type activities, remote viewing, astral projection, spirit entities, demons, jinn, cryptids, um, military uh, conspiracies or top secret evidence of top secret programs or, or research that they're conducting that's classified. Everything uh, from curating and archiving the controversial uh, in the name of free speech to to championing um, what what is considered uh, verboten and taboo in the the current you know uh, semi or uh, fascist and totally Orwellian world that we live in now, and that has gotten me kicked off of YouTube, TikTok, Facebook. Um, Instagram once and and a number of others and so you can catch me while you can currently on X on Twitter but I don't guarantee that it will be very you know on there for very long but um, over three years of doing this full time you can definitely find me in some strange places reposted on blogs and, and on Rumble etc uh, my videos that were I had over 600 videos on YouTube before it was deplatformed those are archived on Odyssey O-D-Y-S-E-E dot com. All of them are available for free to watch on Odyssey. Um, and, and but yeah, finding me on the mainstream, it'll be difficult because I'm shadow banned and, and the algorithm is definitely hiding me a lot where I do still exist, like Instagram or, or Twitter, but definitely follow on Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. Follow um, the podcast, become a member, follow, review, share, you know, Everything is grassroots. Definitely depend on every new listener we can get uh, just to help sp- spread the word, help uh, get the impression rate up and everything. But so far, we're thriving. So far, um, the show is doing better than I've ever expected it to be. We're reaching more people than I ever expected. It is beyond my wildest dreams how quickly and how fast. I know this is entire. Uh, this entire uh, podcast and how well it, we're succeeding at it and everything. So, yeah, it seems uh, like we're in the midst of a, a great awakening. Um, yes. Who was who was Tex before you started podcasting, and what was the I guess the jumping off point for you when you decided I have to go public and start talking about all of these things? I, I talk only about my life experiences, and I'm only inspired by my life experiences. It puts the relevant spin on all my research going forward into this. So I'm not just a researcher or someone who's intellectually curious about this. Someone who's lived it and was trying to make sense of my experiences by adding that into what I see and seeing what I, from from my own truth, my truth uh, perspective, my point of view. But knowing these things are real, not not being skeptical or believing or curious. It, it's it's not a matter of faith. It's a matter of knowing and trying to figure out where the pieces of the puzzle are hidden, so that we can create the bigger picture. Because it's not a matter of the evidence doesn't exist. The truth is out there. It is actively being covered up. It is actively being suppressed. Now, my life uh, is adventurous, yes, but adventurous lives do exist. And in the modern world, that's more of a curse than it is a blessing because it makes you more alienated and it makes you more uh, self-conscious of your own difference and basically isolation in your own experience. But within my life, I've... uh, Succeeded at going to college. I had full-paid scholarships to go to Texas A&M University. Uh, graduated with a bachelor's degree in four years. Uh, joined the Navy right after that. 
um, in 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 this in this real world. But but you know, my childhood experience, my abduction experiences, my close encounter experiences begin when I was a child. It begins at the age of nine, and it leads into my whole life of having this. This is when the age of nine is when I have the experiences of my lab. It's a my lab that was curated by the United States Navy in this breakaway civilization program, secret space program called the Solar Warden. And this is where, uh, you know, Gary McKinnon, uh, the hacker, uh, you know, he discovered Navy uh, proof of this and everything. So so this is like a per- pretty good example of, of where my personal experiences intersect with the real world ufology because I had these memories as a child and I thought these were uh, just mine. And I was thought I was the only person in the world to have these memories. And then I realized that I'm not. And then I realized there's actually evidence in this if I just pursue it further. And I have to see my, and review my own life almost as an outsider to make sense of it at this point. But that's, you know, why I'm doing the podcast. That's why I'm doing this research full time. And it's come at great sacrifice to who I was because after the military, I also went back to college. Uh, I'm a very, you know, uh, successful person and a very, uh, you know, well-motivated person. But to have my life become directed in this way it's only through great interest and great earnest zeal in the subject. I very much consider myself a Fortean in the line of I'm a thinker. I see that there is a huge anomalous amounts of activity in our world. It is all coming to fruition. Nothing is as it seems. But for the keen eye and for the observer, nothing is off limits and nothing is secret. Once you learn about things like the Akashic Records, you learn about things that are not in your uh, so much locality. You learn things about the international. You learn things about the the world, the actual world and the populations therein. I, I attribute this to my education. I attribute this to my own travels. Yes, I am Texan, but do not underestimate a Texan. Texans are first world peoples. Our economy is larger than Russia. We travel the world. We have connections to ancient European royalties. We have connections to the Mesoamerican world, the Mexoamerican world. Uh, Latin America, where we have con- connections uh, to education and institutions from from secret societies. Even this is uh, you know Freemason capital of the world, basically. And there's 900 lodges in Texas and things like that. You'd be surprised who the small town people are. They're extremely educated individuals, and you know it's just like I am not a Freemason. I can say that. Uh, nor do I. Nor do I accept you know their their entire uh, pledge of allegiance to them and their loyalties. But I'm saying that this is a platform for where I started getting curious. I know these things are not um, fantasies. I know they're not conspiracy theories. These are realities. Secret societies exist. Secret societies pull the strings in town. Secret societies control the world. Uh, and and thus you know you have this perspective of this occult knowledge, seeing things that are hidden and to the regular layman. Uh, and then realizing that once those that that domain is is open to you, that you know, you, that you have the potential to learn everything that there is to learn about extraterrestrials, alternative energies, alternative histories, what they would call the illumined subjects, the the ancient mysteries, and like Bill Cooper presented the ancient mysteries, it's there for anyone who has the, the, the actual motivation to search. But that is where my motivation comes, is through my own experiences. Abductions, uh, contact with extraterrestrials, uh, classic abduction experiences with the greys. And this happened throughout my life, uh, even in, during the Navy, even during after the Navy and post-Navy. 
uh, military experience, I was still being abducted and contacted by aliens and extraterrestrials. I still have super contact experience. I still see UFOs. And it is that common where it's almost a daily experience, where it's just, and I have witnesses. I have uh, my family. I have my friends. I have my wife that I can easily just, um, we're going outside, we're looking at UFOs tonight, and they will be there. Unidentified flying objects in the sky. It's a gut feeling. It's an intuition. It's a, it's a vibe. And when you're in that frequency, when you're in that modality, when your eyes are open, when your mind is open, these things manifest themselves, not because you're Matt helping them, but it's because you're actually paying attention. And it's happening all around us all the time. It's the. Well, it's, let me just jump in here and, and um, ask you to explain what these my labs are, because some of my listeners may not be familiar. Um, and then we can get into. Solar Warden and and some of your abduction experiences. So let's start with my labs. My labs are military abductions. They are as in nature and essence like alien abductions. If if people are completely unsure what they are, uh, but with military personnel being witnessed by the abductee, uh, typically in black uniforms, typically in taken to deep underground military bases or operating. Alongside greys or reptilians or other extraterrestrial beings that are seen for, you know, like by the survivors, by the people who who are describing them in great and vivid detail. Um, This is because the United States government works alongside extraterrestrial, crypto-terrestrial entities, as well as ultra-terrestrial entities with different programs and different levels of, you know, uh, predatory uh, intent. You know, and it's, it's absolutely uh, because the society that we live in is basically controlled by these breakaway super militaries. These societies that are that are positioned on high technology on these on these grandiose, uh, you know, planetary systems of lo- like understanding like they understand that there's extraterrestrials. They understand they can make deals with them and get this technology. They understand they keep it secret by harvesting human beings uh, using technology that is that hidden from these populations, like, say, the Midwest. This is why a bunch of these abductions happen in the Midwest, for example. They happen next to military bases. They happen next to these programs, like, you know, in El Dulce. And, uh, you know, it's... like My labs were uh, researched heavily by Dr. Carla Turner. So if you want a third-party source, if you don't want to take just my words for it, and you want a really good established ufologist in history, Dr. Carla Turner, tons of great work with my labs. And in essence, they're just alien abductions, but operating controlled by the U.S. military. And in U.S. personnel, big business personnel, dark fleet personnel, Nazis have been seen a lot during all this, uh, you know, uh, members that look like they were in Star Trek, but human beings, human beings. And it's, it's attributed to these secret space programs and these breakaway civilizations. Mine was right. in the United States Navy. They were U.S. Navy officers. They were wearing their uh, dress blues. They were wearing their parade blues. They, they were officers, like the dark suits, and with the gold fringe, the stripes, and all the shoulders and everything. And they came into my room using some kind of portal technology, and they, they offered me the choice to volunteer to become a superhero, a, a, a hero to the Earth. You know, it basically described the importance of my... Of, of, I, was, I was very special. The importance of my... Uh, my, my future and this program and how the world needed me. It needed heroes that would, you know, uh, fight for them and everything that that would basically be loyal and, and honorable to them. And so it's very military jargon when they're recruiting a nine year old child. 
and I accepted, and that led to the 20-year and back experience, and that was basically, you know, it's, it's so much to talk about, it's to say it easily, 20 years lived in a timeline that they can take you back, and that's an ex- basically you're a child slave at first, a child soldier at first, a chi- uh, Shanghai is a good word for it. Now, regardless if you volunteered or not, you're a Shanghai into a system where it, technology is so advanced, it's like magic to, you know, to experience. And uh, you're in Solar Warden, you're defending the Earth specifically and the planets Mars, Earth, and Venus as you approach the sun, which is basically operating like a Stargate. You're not alone. It's the Astra High Command provides most of the, the leadership and the authority. That's a uh, very celebrated and very well talked about <clears throat> Yeah, actual uh, element of the exopolitics. I'm not the first one to talk about the Astra High Command. I won't be the last. This is all there. There are the Greys. They operate as an independent group, either as allies, sometimes as enemies. There's the Reptilians, generally unfavorable. But there are friendly reptilians, so the chances are if you're seeing an actual reptilian is on good terms. I mean, there's a whole idea behind each race and each uh, group having these characteristics, but all are present. There's a massive diversity of extraterrestrial life uh, present, but in Solar Warden, it's mostly human, and it's mostly segregated amongst human crews. Uh, cybernetics, cyborgs, prosthetics, etc. That exists. It's very cyberpunk in that sense, but you're dealing with children. You're dealing with children, some as young as six, with the oldest being maybe in their 30s uh, until you start getting into the lifers and stuff like that who actually control, then it's mostly controlled through AI, robotics. Um, are you taking, are you taken off world? Are you, are you uh, taken to bases, uh, deep space platforms? I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say deep space. No, you're traveling only at the furthest extent to Mars, Earth, or Venus. Um, most of the business is done circling and orbiting Mars in between Luna and here. But the moon is actually so far from Earth that you could put every planet in our solar system, every planet that's disclosed in our solar system side by side and fit in between here and the moon. And the moon is still considered in Earth's atmosphere. Currently by NASA, it is considered in our atmosphere. Now, this is something that was actually discussed while I was in Solar Warden. And it was something that I always knew and, and felt crazy about was knowing that officially the scientific opinion is that Earth's, uh, the moon is in Earth's atmosphere, even though it is as far away as it, as it is, 200,000 miles. And in now conventional NASA science, if you just Google NASA uh, opinion, Earth is in uh, Earth's, um, the moon is in Earth's extended atmosphere. That's 100% what people don't understand. So even if you're on the moon, you're still within Earth's atmosphere. You're still technically not in deep, deep space. And so right. Dark Fleet, the Dark Fleet, the Notwaffen, who originated from the earliest um, space programs on, in the modern world with the uh, Nazi regimes, the Nazi Reich, Actually, the Vril Society and the Thule Society, they had nothing to do with Nazis. They were the Vril and the Thule. They were German, but they had more to do with the Prussians and the people who existed in the 1800s than the organization that existed in the 1930s. Um, So these ancient Prussian Teutonic uh, mystic societies actually had engineers that used Vedic uh, blueprints. They deal with deep space. They deal with deep stations, say, in Jupiter or, um, you know, Saturn. 
and exploration involving interstellar travel. I was not a part of that group. And there are different human groups. There are different human groups like the ICC, which is basically the capitalists, the miners, the, the resource uh, uh, you know, mongers, the, the traders, the merchants. And they're as vital to the entire existence of any kind of human, because this is all about ex- projection of species. This is all about going off world. This is all about becoming a solar system traveling species. This is actually the nuts and bolts, the actual what humanity will become. And it's unstoppable in the future when you think of things like an advanced intergalactic civilization or interplanetary civilization. It is a civilization of factions and specialization and, and tribes that form societies like uh, well, can you Dune. Maybe help us understand like who who are the good guys and who are the bad guys, or are are, are is it is that over an oversimplification? Oversimplification. Like uh, in, go ahead. Oh no no, it's an oversimplification in life. Uh, one can only be stoic and understand things by their virtues and vices and, and things are in this world and no matter what are not perfect. And, uh, this is a serious business. This is not a matter of, this is a matter of survival. This is a matter of, uh, empire. This is a matter of, uh, projected unified humanity off world that is, uh, ultimately controlling all of earth, by the way, uh, the, the illusion of freedom, the illusion of, of chaos that exists on the planet is just the, the theater that is used to uh, fulfill the daily uh, life of uh, the ground, basically the, the left behind. Not the left behind, but the reserve, the, the farm of, of, their, of their personnel and their staff, which they keep us here just to breed those that will go into these special programs who will literally leave the world behind um, like in, like in, they've already predictably programmed in movies like Elysium. This is like, this is basically a junkyard world, a ghetto world left while the breakaway civilization and the elites keep going into further, further refinements with their technocr- technocracies, with their space stations, with their uh, space colonies, basically. Elon Musk is always talking about cities on Mars. He's absolutely tongue-in-cheek revealing that, that the Martian ICC exists. And that's why he, he's actually not going personally. He's not He's not actually in that society, he's not in that breakaway society, but anyone with a mind knows that there are actually uh, civilizations currently on Mars of colonists, that Martian cities have been built since the 1970s and everything, that this is actually how the true space program progressed, and it progressed so rapidly. There is no, there's no good or evil, like there is no, like the USSR and the USA are not good or evil, they are two superpowers of ideologies. They, there are two competing diametrically opposed poles of, of reasoning and logic. They are two financial systems. They are two different, you know, tribes, but, but you know, it's just yin and yang. It's just uh, the Tao, isn't it? It's just uh, Maya. And, and that's, okay, this is how... The, these breakaway civilizations, uh, as, as you say, they are basically using us. We are a, a junkyard civilization. Uh, they're using us as the farm to breed future soldiers. They're denying us beneficial technology, um, energy, and so forth. Uh, I mean, to me, that's that's evil. It then that that's that's your opinion, and I, everyone's entitled to their opinion of good and evil. But in my opinion, it's that they protect, and it's not that we go without. We are like. Uh, have you ever seen how they treat Amazonian tribes in, in nature documentaries? Yes. 
they don't they don't take them from the jungle because these poor people don't have things. These poor people don't have roads. These poor people don't have uh, cars. These people don't have grocery stores. We need to take them and rescue them. For us not to do that, is that evil? No, we preserve their way of life because in our minds, we are actually imposing and, and giving them these things as ruining what is sacredly, sacredly primitive and ancestrally inherited. And that's how the breakaway civilizations as controlled by extraterrestrial civilizations, like that have, uh, see the Astro High Command, it's a confederation of many different species. They have a lot of experience in this. They, they view mankind as not, as the Amazonian tribe, as not needing the intentional interference. It's a lot as, and, and I always say this, and it's, it's always weird, when Ray Bradbury the creator of Star Trek, or Gene Roddenberry, sorry, Gene Roddenberry, uh, was actually read into the program. He was a member of the Circle of Nine, and the whole great directive was what they've been telling mankind since the days of St. Germain. There are these societies, even on Earth, of human beings who have free energy, who have the ability to heal any disease, live for hundreds of years. They cannot give this information out. There are, po there are police and in, in the, the essence of the word. There are police, even to the police of the water, archons. There are archons that control whole solar systems, whole galaxy arms of the Milky Way. And they control this. Uh, also, like in Star Trek, like the mighty Q. They are temporal. They, they say, and you think, well, what can control this great technique? It's beyond matter. It's, and it's one of those things where it's like... Uh, as wild as you can imagine, there is even more. Mankind it cannot they, fathom. Those in possession of, um, you know, this technology, they cannot share it with us. Why not? Now that is, I do not know. I'm only a man, and I was only a sailor, and that, and in the terms of, I was in the air wing of the Solar Warden program. But even then, I may have had psychic abilities, but I'm not that, you know, omniscient, and I'm not even claiming I was. I only know what I've experienced in the orders of things. And in my own philosophies, I've come to the maturity of saying that it is a matter of the cosmos and the matter of the heavens. I cannot. I only know that it exists. And in that reality, that's, that's enough for me. That at some point, uh, you have to accept, like the Bhagavad Gita, there is, the Bhagavad Gita is all about that. Like the question of why are we in this battle and everything, and it's just trust the system that is good, that you are in, that it has selected you to be aware of and to, to do your duty and everything. And it's this whole like, you know, because I view it as a spiritual thing. I view it as you do, the good and evil, the idea of right and wrong. We want to be on the good side of things. The whole idea, though, is that why am I not judging it? Why am I thinking that they're not keeping it? I, I know it's just that. Like, I'm only aware of it. I'm only aware that this is not being shared. I'm only aware that this is not being shared because... The technology is even farther than that. It's not even a matter of, of med beds. A lot of people say that in breakaway civilizations talk exopolitics. Oh, we're going to get right. med beds. We're going to get this stuff. George Van Tassel in the 1950s was given med bed instruction technologies. He was called the cyclotron. He was given to it by the Astra High Command. He was given to it by Pleiadians and Venusians. This happened in the 1950s. Why haven't we built mass-produced it? Why isn't Elon Musk making these in his, his factories? He's making cars. Why? Because men's greed. Because men's need for money, because the control of money is avarice. And so do not, do not rush to pass the blame on those that, you know, have this and are keeping us safe. Pass the blame on ourselves for not 
for not embracing this, pursuing it. Why aren't, uh, why do men make guns, but they do not make medicine? Everyone rushes out to buy guns. How many people rush out to better their lives and buy holy books? Holy, why, why don't men save up hundreds of dollars and buy uh, uh, books to help out their soul? Or to, or to pass the needy or to read to others? It's because they want weapons. They, want, they, they live in fear. They live in paranoia. And this is what I said about the Amazon tribe. Why do we not, why do we not interfere? It's because they're on their own level of, of civilization. That we can't comprehend how complex we would make their lives because we don't know where they're at evolutionary wise. And that's all I can say. We'll take a tip time out, we'll come back and continue to speak with the man behind Beyond Top Secret Texan. Stay with us. great honor actually i view it as a great honor because and this is going to sound weird because it's very much like men don't think this way in in modern world i view it as a great honor i'm just gonna say it because i'm a warrior and my entire genetic life and my past lives have been in great empires or great armies or in great resistance fights and it's just genetically what i was destined to do in this world in this dharma my dharma is war I, I always remember, and for eons, thousands of years, thousands of millennia, for since the beginning of the cycles, and, and, and that's I'm all, I study Vedic history and everything, I, I understand deep time, that, that men live many lives, but this, they have destinies, they have destinies, and whether or not they understand them, whether or not they accept them, whether or not they're hard or difficult, whether or not they cost them their very lives, those destinies cannot be defied. And, and I am a determinist. I am a, uh, it comes down to the spirituality behind it and everything. Uh, if, if my destiny was to, to carry a sword and fight for my Lord, then I will do so until my dying breath. You know, that's my duty. And, and this is the solar warden type loyalties talking in is why I was picked. I believe is because I have that sentiment. They're not going to pick someone who's going to resent them. I know people have that resentment. I know people uh, have their own opinions and everything. But to me, this is something that I view as a great honor. And it's something I hope to remember more fully to record, simply to record it as a great glory. 
and that's and that's what helps me motivate uh, when I'm trying to pursue my memories of it when I'm seeing it. As I'm not, uh, I don't always like what I see. I always don't like my memories. I I don't agree with a lot of the things that we've done, and and the effects of it are traumatic. A lot of it was very nightmarish, and that's the thing. It's not Buck Rogers flying around. It's real war. It's real. Your friends are dying. Your your people that you work with are dying. The ship you're in is on fire. You're trying to save yourself and put it out. Situations like that are flashing up in my mind. Growing up, getting older, seeing laser beams melt ships that hundreds of thousands of miles away in the darkness, and knowing that at any time it, it's going to be me. Um, seeing extraterrestrials, which are so shocking that I still have nightmares just thinking about them in terms of what they were do what they're capable of and what they're doing and then going through just that uh system of never having love from nine years old never having parents never having love never having anything besides sex besides uh, i don't want to go too graphic into this because i know it's a radio program but i mean it is as uh it is human it is human and so um and it is you're you're in a navy you're in a navy it's, it's men and women uh, you know, and, and it's uh, encouraged as well as enforced and it's, it's way more radical and may, way more science fiction. It's definitely more, you know, Robert Heinlein, that's the thing. Like, uh, I'm not saying this just because it's a fantasist thing. I can stop that right at the pass, but golden age science fiction and science fiction from the 1960s and 1970s and even the 1950s and even before. Jules Verne and stuff has all been disclosure from these secret societies. Uh, Jules Verne, for example, was a member of, and H.G. Wells was a member of the Fog Society, War of the Worlds, etc. And then uh, Heinlein, Heinlein uh, carries over into this, all the way to Heinlein. Heinlein's ideation, like in Starship Troopers, of a, of a intersexed, uh, intergender, uh, mutual you know, off-world military service that creates citizenship in a caste society and, and, and the sex between them is encouraged as a, as a type of team building and a type of, that they shower together. It's not squeamish. It's not, it doesn't have these mores. It's very taboo. It's very liberating. It's very uh, laissez-faire. It's very, but it's done that on purpose because it's MK-altering you. It's indoctrinating you to have loyalty to your system. Uh, you remember, you are just children. It's using your hormones against you. It's using... Uh, your your uh, biological programming uh, to their advantage and stuff. They're they're making you basically uh, basically become what there is no parallel on earth for. Outside maybe Olympic athletes. Outside maybe um, you know it, it's it's not something you're gonna find on earth ever. Now in the twenty and back when you come back to earth when they bring you back. Um, it, it, they bring you back and they drop you off again, so you have to live your entire life, and you have no memories of these, but you have the spiritual effect of it. You are much more mature. You are, you are going to go through stages of depression, stages of uh, extreme dysphoria, uh, and, and it's all an effect of both these extreme amounts of intense ex life experiences and trauma of the Solar Warden uh, experience, and then having it basically completely physically reversed, but not mentally or spiritually reversed. And so, yes, there is a lot of, to be mad about. There's a lot to be angry about uh, when it comes to how that affected my childhood in this life, feeling literally like I was the only person on earth who had this 
thing happened to them. And it's not, it's exactly like how people talk about like, uh, when, when I say like, it's 20 years, like you're, you're, you may be 10 years old. I may have been 10 years old. I had the mind of a 30 year old. I had the, I had the spiritual existence of someone who was 20 years older and, and yeah. all of that intensity too. a 30 year old military veteran. And, and, you know, imagine how isolating that was. Uh, imagine how, how, uh, distant I was from the normal peer, a normal child my age. And, and having grown up like that. To be, excuse me, Tex, but for this all to be worth it as far as you're concerned, in other words, it's a sacrifice that had to be made, I was honored to do it, then you must be fighting to preserve something. What do you, uh, like, who is the enemy here? What, is there is a, 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 an alliance of a, a particular races of ETs uh, that, that we're defending against? Good question. Yes, the entire backdrop of when I was serving was against the Ryan Draco Empire. It's a legacy empire. They're not extraterrestrial. They evolved on Earth. They evolved on Earth millions of years before we did. They, in fact, helped engineer us as an intelligent species. They are the reptilians. They are the Ryan Draco reptilians, classic reptilians. Um, I believe Alex Collier said it best in his descriptions of the Orion Draco, but that is absolutely real. They live in subterranean bases on the earth. They live in far removed places. They live in under major cities. They also live off world mostly and the force of the Astro High Command and was basically purging them out of our system until in 2001, while I was involved in this, I was 14 years old during the solar war experience this year. Uh, Orion Draco invaded our, basically the blue sphere system between Mars and, and Earth. They destroyed Mars, raised every colony, eliminated almost 90% of the population that was in Mars at that time. Mars was sacrificed to buy time for Earth uh, defenses. Moon's basically, a, the Luna is basically a fortress. It's a, it's a fortress bristling with cannons. And, and guns and laser weapons, masers, uh, scalar howitzers, uh, nuclear missiles. It basically, uh, of the dark side of the moon, is it's completely fortified. And from there, and the ship squadrons that we had, which were very limited um, compared to the, the thousands of ships in the Armada, basically. There were almost three million Orion Draco soldiers that appeared in different casts and different uh, capabilities it was a splinter fleet. It wasn't even a major uh, armada, but this basically reached Earth. It reached Earth. It invaded. They landed in Ar- Antarctica. There was a ground campaign to help uh, sweep up, but at the same time, our AI, the forces of Solar Warden, the uh, combined you know fleets that we had, various breakaway civilization programs, the weaponry that we were using prevailed. It prevailed. It was a monumental point in time because it was a point where the breakaway civilization of the human space programs successfully defended the Earth from an alien invasion, from this, this race's invasion. Um, what is at stake? Up, uh, if that was taking place, and if they landed on, ma- in, on mass in the Antarctic, how they, was that covered up by the... They faked 9-11. 9-11, 2001. Uh, they had they had the absolute diversion for it, and no one was looking at Antarctica. And this is how they do these things. 
Um, that, that's a controversial subject in itself. It's why I study military conspiracies. It's why I study espionage. And that's all to facilitate the, the distractions and the, and the idea that this world is only run by tyrants, dictators, military, men with guns. In reality, it's just uh, everything is theater. All the world's a stage, and we're all merely players, you know, performers and portrayers. And that's absolutely true, even down to... Uh, the fact that in the 1800s, in say books like Morals and Dogma, you have Charles Pike, uh, leader of the Grand Master of the Freemasons, basically say we're going to have World War One and World War Two and World War Three, and it's going to be because of these people, and we're going to have the stage set to create this other world. And anyone who really studies this knows that all wars are bankers' wars, all wars are rich men's tricks, all politics are within secret societies, handshakes. Uh, secret lodges, groups, and it's generational. It's presidents aren't elected; they're selected. This is all how they distract, and they can keep. Say like people don't think that they can keep a lie like this going, and yes, they can because no one's looking up. And just like that movie, Look Up. Yes, the entire government and state apparatus is made to keep you in a dark age where you simply can't even look up or look look up the uh, the data at the time. No one knows that if you looked up and have access to the archived web UFO videos in 2000 and 2001 and up to 2000 say 5 in Mexico and Latin America and South America and South Africa and Antarctica and Australia you will find extraordinary mass sightings say Guadalajara Mexico in 2004 had the victorious Ashtar High Command and Solar Warden fleets fly over it as as a, as a sign of parade and strength, this was seen as the Guadalajara OVNI OVNI fleet, and there were thousands of UFOs seen over the city of Guadalajara by tens of thousands of people. These things, see, that's the thing. Like, uh, just because the the Americans and their mass media are controlled, and just because we're on a different uh, wavelength in terms of what we see, we believe, and what we don't, it doesn't exist. Doesn't mean that there isn't even evidence. There's evidence. There's hard evidence for all of this. And, and they have everyone asking the wrong questions and not getting any of the right answers. But that's just that. Like, that, that's, that's the whole thing. But, yes, there are other factions as well. Currently, uh, we have insectilians that are forcefully trespassing, forcefully invading. Although it is not the entire species, but it is a group of them, a massive group. They're doing that in South America. They're doing that in the Amazon, uh, up into the Amazon, the Amazon interior. The Amazon interior bordering Paraguay, Colombia, Bogota, uh, you know, Ecuador, uh, Peru, uh, the, the western Amazon, basically, the western Amazonian River. And if you look up the events, there are alien attacks in Peru. There are uh, mass military movements, exercises between governments, Colombia, Venezuela, for example, um, there are states in Brazil that are basically deporting entire populations of civilians to preserve Amazonian sanctity. They're doing that so they can hide any events of battles, any events of extraterrestrial landings or attacks. Uh, and, for example, you think, uh, where, where, is this, where is this activity it's all South America. It's all in these proximate locations, and and we just don't take the news seriously. There. Tex, I got to kick out. Pardon the interruption. I got to take another time out. We'll come back and pick up on that point. Tex from Beyond Top Secret Texan. Stay with us.
Tex from Beyond Top Secret. Texan is with us. We're talking about secret space programs and uh, breakaway civilizations. Um, so why keep this, why create this charade here on Earth to keep us preoccupied and, and divert our attention and to keep us divided so that they can, you know, uh, battle these incursions from various races of extraterrestrials. Why not just fully disclose and say this is what we're up against, and 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 have people, you know, unite against these alien forces? Why 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 the the deception? And many times I think about it. I think they have made disclosure, uh, not only made disclosure efforts, but actually made disclosure. Um, through official channels, but the official channels are not considered such, and that's kind of uh, this this great game of confusion. And like I said, I didn't make the this the, the system. I didn't make these rules. I didn't make whatever's at play. I don't understand. I'm just trying to make sense of it, right? And I'm like I'm on the same level as everybody else as to the operations is why. But I can see it. I can see that it is a distraction, and and I can see that there is disclosure in public media, in movies, in radio, in books, tons of books, tons. Hundreds and hundreds of sci-fi novels that no one will ever read again. They were written 75, 80 years ago that clearly detail extraterrestrial races, battles, breakaway civilizations, like Heinlein Starship Troopers that hold genres of space military fictions, video games. They are telling you as much as they can to the point that all of uh, America's pop culture and like with Independence Day success and things like that is aware of it. Everyone knows where Area 51 is on a map, yet this base didn't exist until 2013. It's like this kind of double-edged sword. Now, the thing is, uh, Men in Black has the greatest line ever. A person is smart. People are dumb, panicky animals. Why don't they tell massive amounts of people? It's exactly that. A person is smart, and they'll read a person into a secret space program. A person can qualify for joining these and rank and get the security clearance and dedicate their life to it. They can pick people, yes, all day long. People are chosen. People are abducted um, in their adulthood. People are, are read into it when they become scientists and engineers and into these high-value programs, skunkworks programs, etc., but yes, they're not going to ever just say, hey, you know, everybody like, you know, Joe Biden, Donald Trump's going to show up. And and even then, if you actually believe in modern day reporting, um, Donald Trump did want to tell the world and that this infected the Galactic Federation of Light and that there was the Israeli Space Force commander who came out yeah. forward and said this in 2017, 2018. So that's the thing. I'm not, I just, I'm sitting on a mountain of reports just like this where presidents wanted to disclose information and people wanted to disclose and military commanders have come forward and the Canadian Prime, um, uh, the Minister of Defense came forward and said that there were 98 species that were colonizing her. And that is where the next question is. They're not only external threats to disclose this information, would have to disclose the truth of the colonization efforts that the break that the secret space program, exopolitical program, there's no name for it, really. It's just the, the truth. It's the truth of the extraterrestrial question. They're colonizing Earth everywhere, small towns, big cities. They have a uh, holographic generating cloak technology. This has been uh, talked about extensively, and everyone knows this, because the thing is, aliens are not inherently evil, and they all have unique personalities like all intelligent beings do. And they're not 
any different than men. They are scientists who are doing research. There are businessmen who are on business trips. There are, you know, um, uh, people who are refugees from their own political situation. I say people, but extraterrestrials who are refugees from their own political situation. Uh, there are travelers who just are nomadic. And Earth is a good home for them. Earth's, there's a big enough room for everybody. And they live within their own colonies, like entire towns that were designated and created just for them in the mountains and the deserts, like uh, the tall whites that have been reported that live out in Dream Lake and Groom Lake and their own colony that are in military property that are kept in, and basically provided for. And there are uh, beings that have lived on Earth for hundreds of years. To call them aliens is to call a, a person who's been in America for several generations, whatever their country, their nationality is. You know, and right. so the, the, the complex the situation... The Dracos want to subjugate us, don't they? The Dracos, the, they want to subjugate us, do now, they not? Well, at this point... See, that's the thing. There, there is the, 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 the desire to label every single thing in terms of, like, you know, countries, labels, whatever, like... Uh, it's the same thing as saying, does this person in country X want to do this to us? I mean, the now, empire. The, the, that's what I'm saying, the empire. Does, so are there not good and bad in every system? Are there not traitors, turncoats, refugees? i say, like, refugees from those systems that say we didn't want to be a part of that. That was We, we agree that was wrong. We're vegetarians. We're hippies. We're, we believe in a super soul and are actually even nicer. Like nicer. And just because we are a reptilian or scaly skin... We actually love human beings, and we like they, like we love animals. Like we like, like human beings, like don't want to eat. They say, do all human beings want to eat cows? Well, you would say human beings cow food. Yes, human beings eat cows, and but then you would also say it's complex than that. And no human being in their right mind would just bite into a living cow, causing it pain and then suffering. So the idea of a soul, the idea of a consciousness, intelligence, it necessitates individual circumstantial uh, understandings, and this is where you get the men in black type universe we live in. It, you have to apply for it, obviously, the citizenship, and it's run just like in a bureaucracy where that is understandable on an individual person-to-person level. But understanding things like people, like tribes, like a species, like, yes, reptilians in general are can- uh, predatory, vampiric, cannibalistic, whatever dark side nature, uh, predator type, you know, evolutionary thing that you would like to, like, you know, paint them as. But they also have the right to choose, and they have the right, they, they didn't personally have anything the karmically to choose that life or that species. So are we evil? Are we the genocidal monsters? And that comes down to that 1950s sci-fi ethos, that golden age. Who are the monsters? I say man is just as evil at times. And I say, we don't need to look for devils in other species. We can look in the mirror. And I think that's what this whole, this whole program is about. This is, may be our planet. This may be our responsibility. But we have to elevate our actions and our consciousness and not view everyone as a threat. We have our militaries. Yes, it's foolish not to have one. But it's, but it's, it's a necessary maturation and just like how these higher powers didn't destroy every single Orion Draco when they defeated them, because at this point, they are defeated. At this point, they are. Um, they're actually even exiled outside. That's the whole thing with exopolitics. At some point, this is about evolution. This is about uh, ascension. This is about, this is about mercy. This is about learning 
how to handle power, how to handle great power. And, and, and yes, the question is, are reptilians evil? Yes, but we've defended them. We've rendered them harmless and defenseless. Now, do we deliver the death blow? Do we forever shun them and exile them? Do we, do we wear their hides and celebrate with like macabre dances and, and cannibalize their flesh for their mana? And no, we accept peace. We, we make a future together. And I, and I think that's one of those things that, like, it's, 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 it's biblical. It's a spiritual thing. Like, what is the idea? Does, the, does there have to be these, uh, these great apocalypses? Well, that's my next question. Uh, because as you mentioned, 9-11 was a distraction, a diversion, uh, so that we wouldn't notice that there was a, you know, an ET incursion in the Antarctic. Uh, if we have basically sort of vanquished, let's call them the enemy, for, for now, whether it's temporary or not, what does that mean for the possibility of, of World War III? Many, you know, and look around, it seems like we are on the cusp of World War III. Some people say well, we're already in World War III. It's information war. As McLuhan said, World War III would be an information war. But um, is it going to be necessary if, I don't know, just project into the future? Where are we heading? Well, just because one enemy is dealt with currently doesn't mean that the future is set or we have we have no more enemies. Uh, poaching, for example, intergalactic poaching, uh, interplanetary, interspecies poaching. Uh, greys are typically involved in this behavior where they poach individuals, so Solar Warden has to actively guard against them. And just like how humans poach elephants or poach rhinos, same thing. They kill human beings, harvest their uh, organs, harvest their resources, and then dump them, and then take off on their ships. So it's a whole uh, level of eco-war in that sense. We have to preserve our ecosphere. We have um, extraterrestrials traveling in and out that need to be vetted, whole whole systems, whole caravans, whole fleets. Uh, We establish trade with other intelligent species in our solar system. There's 900 reported intelligent species in our solar system that all benefit from Earth and are these breakaway civilizations through trade, through resources, etc., as well as colonize Earth, as well as being in our responsibility. We have crypto-terrestrials, which are are Earth-based races, sometimes hostile, sometimes peaceful, Coexisting and co-evolving with human beings, currently to this very day, it's like we, this, we're not the only intelligent species on Earth. We have to coexist and, as well, you know, defend ourselves from any any possible competition. As well, at this point, um, like say the Mayan Aztecs, there's a Mayan Aztec civilization. They didn't go extinct. The people who built Machu Picchu, the people who built Tenochtitlan, the people who built the Inca, you know, um, Veracruzan society. They went underground. They're a subterranean society now. But they're, they're, they populate in the hundreds of millions, nearly in the billions. They have technology just as advanced as we do. They have a, the entire ancient system of belief that they had, the, including the emperorship of, of the, of the, of the uh, Mayan Empire and stuff. That is a, com- as a competitor. That is a hostile empire. Currently, we have insectilians that they're um, coming in for to take what was left behind from the Orion Draco, the scrap technology, the the, the even the carcasses of their of their cities and of their hives. Um, they're doing this against our will. They're doing this and is disrupting balance. And Solar Warden as much defends Earth violently as does keep the balance, keep secrecy, keep the 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 status quo, and it's a piece to keep the the Pax Solar Warden, basically. This is to keep the show as it's going. As If you say World War III, 
not only what the, the idea of World War III, uh, the idea of World War III and all world wars are the distractions. That is the theater. World War I really was a war with an extra with a crypto terrestrial species. It was a war with a species that was inherent to Earth, native to Earth, but existed in the uh, European and uh, Caucasus Mountains into Russia. The Eurasian Mountains basically existed as a subterranean predator species. It's the reason why historically there's so many skeletons in the catacombs of Odessa in the Ukraine or in Paris. There's catacombs throughout Europe filled with skeletons, not because of the Black Death, but because of these cannibalistic underground societies of species. World War I was a combined effort with modern weapons to eradicate them in Europe. Uh, World War II, the development of the Dark Fleet, breakaway civilization tech, and the communication with extraterrestrials and subter uh, subterranean beings in Agartha, the creation of New Schwabenland. You, they, you know, you had to scramble and create a Hollywood production that was so sophisticated and rewrite every history book in the future. But this lie is 100% believed and never even questioned. But the truth is, it's 100% misleading and, the tr and, and hides the fact of these Antarctic bases by these Third Reich, Third Reich, but real, real Thule society. They were not, that's the whole thing, they get you thinking about Hitler and Nazis and things. No, that had nothing to do with the real uh, Germans who were forming a breakaway civilization, who uh, were developing uh, the, the guy the Glocker. The, the Harnabo, the Andromeda Gerat, these, these extraterrestrial, cap these off-world capable space planes, these space programs, they were launching rockets into space in the 1930s. And they don't want you to tell you that they didn't invent it themselves. They had extraterrestrial craft that they had recovered in the Hamburg Forest, the Black Forest of Germany. There were battles over Nuremberg with alien craft landing to Earth. They were collected. They had resources that just springboarded them. They were not uh, German scientists in a laboratory. Mein Lieber, I got it. Yes, we can fly to the moon. They, they, the Italians had spacecraft they had recovered in the 1860s. The West had them as well. And that whole timeline has to be readjusted. It doesn't, doesn't, Roswell doesn't matter. Roswell was so late in the game. They had UFOs and airships in the 1840s. They had been seeing them since Alexander the Great's day. They knew about the flying shields. The Vamanas are integral and fundamental to the Hindu and Vedic religions, which have millions, literally billions of believers today. And the, the Catholic Church has secret articles, uh, secret archives, secret Vatican uh, warehouses. They traveled to the West. They were in the New World. They collected so much technology that they knew what to do with, and they are as integral to this whole thing as, as anyone else. That It's through the shoulders of giants that we were able to attain the heights that we were. But because Sorry, our history... Quickly, Dex, what, what about... I mean, what, what about World War III? Do you see that... As inevitable, is it is it needed as a distraction? What's what do you see unfolding? It's gonna be set up in this way intentionally, one hundred percent. Where Solar Warden, Astro High Command, the Pleiadians, the Venusians, whatever you want to call them, they come down. They are the heavenly host. They are this army of heaven. They are the cosmic army. They are gonna be seen as alien invaders. All the propaganda is gonna go wild on Earth. 
They're going to eat our brains. Don't get on the ships. They're, they're reptilians in disguise. That, and all the guns are going to point up to the sky of the evil nations, and they will be immediately disarmed by, mag- by technology that is so advanced they, it, it, they couldn't even imagine. It's not going to kill them. It's not going to be so violent. And if it does, it's going to be in such a way that's so humane, and it's going to be in a way that it's going to be undeniable as to their pres- as their power. And then you're going to see a fulfillment of every knee shall bend, everyone will, and it'll be a, a world peace, a type of bringing down of a celestial power. And um, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, this is Christian property. I, I'm actually a Muslim. I'm actually, I just converted to Islam and everything. So I understand this is also in the Islamic book of, of Revelations, right? This is in a lot of books. This is in a lot of people's uh, foreseeing of the end of the world. Right. This is this is exactly what uh, how the Bhagavad Gita starts too. So I could say this in a lot of a lot of different pan scholarships too. And the Theosophical side, side, the end of ages, the beginning of new ages, the beginning of a new utopia, beginning of a new Atlantis. Um, all these the book of uh, morals and dogma, Albert Pike. For those who are like, oh uh, no no no, that's all that's all you know monotheism and stuff. Just the morals and dogma, uh, Scottish York Rite Freemasonry, Albert Pike, that there would be a world war designed to to eliminate all these negative entities, the nihilists, the Zionists, the communists, they'd all fight each other, and then all these bad parties would eliminate each other, and what would rise is a utopian state of, of intellectual, spiritually advanced peoples. And the thing is that people have a difference of interpretation. Will these be a few people or will these be everyone? I believe it'll be everyone. I believe no one will be left behind. I believe literally the, the slave will be freed in the symbolic sense that everyone, once exposed to the truth and light, will be able to live their lives finally. Like actually, they, like the, the life they lived before would be considered a walking death. It'll be a state of, this is their full birth. This is finally the world coming to be its potential, be what it is. Where extraterrestrials walk amongst us, we don't need to hide. Everyone is on the level. We are given the powers because we're not going to use them for evil. We're given the technologies because we can, we can better use them. We're finally in this next stage. But it's nothing new. It's nothing new. If you follow the, uh, the yugic cycles, for example, like the Vedic cycles, the yugic cycles, there is Kali Yuga, which is where in Kali Yuga, the age of destruction and recycling uh, of, of the forge, basically of the fire, and what rises from the ashes, the phoenix, the star, the star people basically come down to heaven, the gods walk with men again, age of Ganesha, peace and prosperity, super fertility, everyone has abundance, everyone has uh, you know, connections with the spiritual, the Akashic, things are golden. But it can only come from the, the final cremation of the old, of this, uh, you know, the Mithraic slaying of the bull, the Mithraic slaying of the age of Taurus. And this thing, like, it go into this, like, Sumerian calendars and things like that. There has to be great destruction before there is great creation. And that's just, and that's the thing, that's too, I'm not, I just, I didn't make up the ancient mysteries. The ancient mysteries are just here to be what we're studying and, and guiding, regardless of how you approach it. You can approach it from uh, Christian orthodoxy. You can approach it from uh, Judic orthodoxy. You can expose it from a new age, new age uh, spiritualism that you're just making up, you know, as you go. 
But ultimately, you will see the picture that these natural cycles, these seasonal events are all predestined. And I, I, I said before, I, it's all about, it's, I did not make the destiny, but it's there for everyone to see. No man knows the date. No man knows the date and time. Um, that's true. Like, there's no need to predict it through calendars. I know there are channels right now, creators right now, who do very good work, and they're trying to predict it on calendars. They try to predict dates. They try to predict the Gematra. They try to predict everything. But I think, of course, it's inevitability, but at the same time, um, you know, that that's just... It's, it's not even my prediction. It's just the prediction as it stands. Wow. Dex, we covered a lot of ground. We'll have to do this again. Once more, how do people listen to Beyond Top Secret, Dexton? You can catch my podcast through Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any other major podcast platform. Just type in Beyond Top Secret, Dexton, it'll pull it right up. Or you can check out the podpage.com slash Beyond Top Secret Texan website. Um, you know, that's the website I got. It has all the episodes that are released. Check out the archives. There's over 400 episodes, all of them over an hour long, covering a lot of different subjects. You know, I cover the full spectrum, everything, even from the small cases to the big cases, these massive pictures uh, that I was just presenting there, to, you know, uh, very, very local stories. Uh, I cover a lot of stuff that has, um, that just covers spotlights, Texas's unique uh, occult history and things uh, of our, of our own uh, alternative past and things that people are, that are falling into obscurity that people should know, that people shouldn't forget. And I present audiobooks, I present everything like that, that that's uh, obscure, that I think is really important, uh, different speeches, presentations uh, from occult societies to uh, historical presentations on mythology and everything. Uh, just try to make sense of uh, this extraterrestrial picture, this exopolitical picture, the breakaway civilization, the secret space program, the super soldier, all of that. You can catch me through that, or you can catch me on through my social media, which is Twitter. Currently, Twitter is my flagship, and that is going to be at Top Secret Texan. Or you just type in Beyond Top Secret Texan, it'll pull my posts post right up. And so, um, yeah, definitely, I, I welcome you aboard and everything. Um, and, and check out those archives, because there's hundreds and hundreds of episodes. I probably covered everything that, that is to cover, so if you, you, know, you want to hear me talk, talk about something, search it up first, and then... And then give it a listen. Tex, great to meet you. Great conversation, and we'll do it again. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be on. Thank you very much. A new Richard Serrett's A Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe at strangeplanetpodcast.com. Recording stopped. Excellent. Awesome. That was great. That was great. Thank okay. you very much. So I'm about uh, four weeks ahead with my podcasts. Uh, I can move this up and doesn't matter the actual order. I can move it up. I could It could air next week, but typically I'm about four weeks ahead. When it is going to be published, I'll send you the link. I'll, I'll send you two links, one on Spotify. Is it the one I usually send? And then it'll get published on my Rumble channel as well, and I'll send you that link, and you can post those wherever you want and share them far and wide. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. 
It was an excellent uh, experience talking to you. I would love to be back on whenever you want uh, or whenever you can have me or, uh, you know, keep me in mind. You know, feed me ideas. If there's something like you say, hey, I really want to talk about this, we'll do it. Yeah, exactly. Like if there is something that you want to talk about, I can talk about it in detail. Uh, so I know these, these big, you know, when you're trying to cover the whole history of things, like, oh, yeah. But if you have a one question, I can I can bring up different episodes. Definitely would appreciate uh, well, being back on. overview because I think it was kind of – it's. You know, I, I think it, I know it was a big chunk, yeah. but it, I think it's a, it, it was a nice overview. I think he did a great job in kind of tying everything yep. together. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've only been doing this full time three years uh, in presenting and public speaking and everything like that. So every day, it's every time I do this, it's, it's always a challenge and everything. Uh, you know, to kind of like be able to um, execute and and perform. Uh, you know, to everyone's you know satisfaction. Well, you thank you very yeah, much. You, you sound like an old pro. Thank you so much. We'll talk again soon, I hope. Thank you. Thank you. All the best. You have a good day.